This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. For, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast if you haven't done so already. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me, we've got Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz. We are coming to you live after that Chiefs win 2017 over the Titans, guys. It was not a pretty win. I actually finally did decide to throw on my Patrick is my homeboy shirt. Oh, for those of you that can't see, which is everyone. Uh, I haven't worn this shirt since the Monday night debacle with the Rams. What was that? 2018. Wow. You're holding on to a shirt from the Mexico City <laughs> game. The, the <laughs> That's but impressive. The guy deserves it tonight. We're going to get to everything, but we've got to kick things off with. That one was not pretty, but we got it done. No, I, uh, I mean, that game was so stupid. I, I, it's like, it's such a dumb game. Like every statistical anomaly exists in that world. Mahomes threw it 68 times. Malik Willis threw it 16. Malik Willis had five completions. They almost lost to a team who only had five completions in a game compared to the 43 their quarterback had. It's the dumbest stupid game and you know what though here's the difference the Chiefs always lost that game especially to the AFC South especially to the Titans but they didn't for once they deserved in every conceivable way deserved to lose that stupid football game that was dumb the entire way but they won maybe they shouldn't have but they won because of this weird ugly nonsense that eventually led to some truly hideous offense from the Titans and just enough offense right at the end from the Chiefs in order to get the win. It's not it's not the kind of game that you walk out and be like, well, I feel great, but at least they won. So you just kind of write off a lot of the bullshit that happened along the way. That was, so yes, we- nine points with three minutes to go in the game. Insane. You know what's so weird is that it, when the Chief, even when Mahomes was doing that, I wasn't convinced that they were going to win yet because Same. I was still sort of thinking, okay, like this, you have been stagnant all night offensively. It was only until Malik Willis got the ball back. And I don't know how this eluded me in the second half because I knew the Chiefs defense was getting stops. Obviously, they were forcing three and outs on every single drive. And at no point did I really bother to think about what the, the Titans offense was trying to do, which was. Let's hide this little rookie corner or quarterback and not make him do anything. Let's just make sure that we don't put him in a position where he has to, you know, throw the ball downfield. And when that last drive started, I thought, oh, oh, wait a minute. This is it's not just that you have Derrick Henry and you want to use him. It's that you're lucky you have Derrick Henry. Otherwise, your offense might not have picked up a first down the entire game. That was the entire Titans offense was that two drive series in the second quarter. I believe it was 
when Derrick Henry went from having, he had one yard or one carry for zero yards after the first quarter and then 11 yeah. carries for 88 yards like that. They were trying to hide the quarterback. They were trying to, to, to not show you that they don't trust Malik Willis whatsoever. How do you, how do you go? How do you go the entire second half and overtime? So three quarters, essentially an entire NFL football game. They gained 10 yards, 10. Nick, I know we like Caleb, like it's, it's like this constant barroom debate, right? Some dude's trying to impress you on a date. And he's like, I bet I could get five yards in an NFL run. You're like, no, you couldn't dipshit. There's no chance. You got no hope. They got 10. I don't know, man. I don't know that if you didn't give me the ball every time for every drive they had for the entire three quarters, they had the ball that I couldn't get 10 yards, right? 10. That's 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 nothing. That's nothing compared to the rest of the NFL. This whole game felt that way. How did the Chiefs manage to get the amount of yardage they did? And me be like, are you even doing anything on offense? <laughs> they ran 91 plays. And I was like, are you guys even trying? Like, what kind of anomaly is that? It feels like both things were happening simultaneously. That is the ultimate running in your sleep, going nowhere game. Yeah. Does it feel like we are getting a lot more penalties this year than in seasons past? We had 18 in this game, and it actually felt like more than that. I feel like flags have been flying all all over the place in these Chiefs games. So uh, bad news on that, Kayla. Um, (laughs) The Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid are one of the most heavily penalized teams consistently. So because you're that, you will occasionally run into 18 penalty games. You don't like it, but it's fact. So you're probably right. There are way more ineligible men downfield penalties than I would care for. But and they got they got a holding call on the long snapper, which almost never happens. But I don't know. The Chiefs just they get called for penalties all the time. Uh, well, yeah, the, the ineligible man downfield stuff. And I, they kept calling it on why oh, they called it on Wiley, I think, twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And almost a third time. But they 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 picked the flag up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think they should just allow. Oh, and you know what? I say you should be able to run wherever you want. Eligible. (laughs) Just, you know, we're out here having a good time, getting some exercise. Just run down the field if you want to. What else stuck out to us? Bucker was off. Kelsey was off. Do we want to blame it on coming off a bye? Uh, That's usually a good thing for the Chiefs. So as much as I would like to, Kayla, put that on them, I just think it was one of those games. I think later in the episode, maybe we'll talk about them versus the Titans, but I don't know what it is, man. The AFC South. And and I would actually honestly give Rabel a lot of credit. We used to do this with Bill Belichick all the time. Bill Belichick was really good about figuring out the thing you were good at and making it ugly because he'd make you bad at that thing you loved doing. Rabel has that with the Chiefs. They play nothing but hideous games against them. The Chiefs often scored three points in the regular season game last year against them. They barely scored 20 this time around. That's just what Rabel does against the Chiefs offense. I think it's fair to give him some credit here. All right. Well, as ugly it was as it was, the defense uh, deserves all the credit tonight. Cody, as you mentioned, in the final 10 Titans drives went for one first down and 10 total yards. Mahomes, on the other hand, threw it 68 times. Willis just 16. Bravo for the defense. Hey, Nick, do you know how many asses the Titans wide receivers caught? Oh man. Okay. So the big play, the two big plays were to the tight ends. I know there was a couple of running backs. I know we only completed five passes, so I'm running out of inventory already. 
I'm gonna say zero. I'm just it's gonna zero. say zero. Yeah, really? it's it's zero. There was one to Westbrook uh, Akinney that he bobbled and then dropped yeah. at the goal line. Yeah, zero. That's They're almost wide. hard to do. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It's actually not because I'm actually I'm a Kansas football fan, and even though things <laughs> are right now, I, so I remember. I remember there was an entire season where a wide receiver didn't catch a touchdown pass. So okay, touchdown pass. I'm talking about a pass, just like okay, I run out three yards and I'm here. I'm three yards away. Please throw me the football. Zero. None. The defense won this game. What do you think it would have looked like if they would have let Malik Willis throw the ball downfield? That was very clearly by design. It wasn't just that he constantly was checking down. They were putting him yeah. in spots where he didn't have to make throws. Look, not good. This is why the Chiefs were supposed to lose this game. They were down at half, which meant they could just, they thought they could just lean on Derrick Henry. But Malik Wills was so bad. There was absolutely no threat from the pass. But the defense, ab- like, first, the offense couldn't get anything going for three quarters. Mahomes admitted much in the second quarter. They won them this game because they had to. Keep giving Mahomes and this offense the ball over and over, over and over, over and over, over and over again until finally the Kansas City Chiefs could get the eight-point touchdown, right? The touchdown and the two-point conversion, which required two penalties just to convert, and then the field goal late. They, they needed They needed the defense to keep giving them the ball. It wasn't just that the defense performed well because the secondary is great. There were coverage sacks, especially late in that game. Pass rush had a couple of coverage sacks late in that game. They got good pass rush late in that game. There's no argument about it. They shut down Derrick Henry in the second half. But the the point that impressed me, I think, was as the game went on, it became crystal clear. The Chiefs had no choice. The Chiefs defense had no choice but to keep getting stops. Probably no more than the turnover by Travis Kelsey when he when he gets the ball away and they're on the plus side of the ball. So the Titans can't move the ball. They're screwed. They can't move the ball. They get a gift. They get a ball on the chief's side of the field. Lose yardage on the drive and punt. That to me is like the defensive game in a nutshell. They won the game single-handedly. I'm kind of done with the Steve Spagnuolo dialogue because it, it runs the same exact script every single week, regardless of who the opponent is, which is, the other team moves the ball at will for three or four drives and then Spag settles into what he wants to do defensively. I do think there is an element of feeling out opposing offenses and trying to figure out exactly how they're going to play that game because it happens. If you're on Twitter, and I get it, it's Twitter, but if you're on, on Twitter during games, first three drives, everyone is calling for Spags to be fired. Like It's happened for, <laughs> I don't know, 34 consecutive games where it's like, are you kidding me? Bags needs to go. Why are we still hanging on to him? And then all of a sudden you look up and the other team hasn't got a first down in an hour and a half. <laughs> Spag, I'm not saying the Spags is the second coming. I'm not saying he's the greatest defensive mind out there. I'm not saying this is the most talented defense we've ever seen. They're good enough. They're good enough because I don't, I don't respect the Titans offense whatsoever, especially with how one dimensional they are with Willis in at quarterback. But even if you have no respect for that offense. That's what you're supposed to do. If you think that's the worst offense in the NFL, Sands, Ryan Tannehill, then you're supposed to do what the Chiefs did tonight. So we don't have to get carried away with it and say that this defense is making huge strides and all of a sudden they're a top 10 unit in the NFL. You don't have you to know, do any of that. But they're good you know, enough. Spags is good enough too. 
Specifically, Nick, they're good enough in the moments that they really need them. So fine. They gave up 31 to the Bucks in a game that they were dropping 40. In the three games, um, the two that they lost, and the you know, like in, in two of the games that they won and one that they lost. So the game they won tonight against Tennessee, the game they lost against Indianapolis, and the game they won against the Chargers. The three that stand out to me the most. When the Chiefs offense really had some spurts of non-existence. The defense showed up in all three of those games. Jalen Watson had the key play to pick off. Like when it seemed like they were down and out, he made the play. And then in this moment, the defense had all the key plays. In the Colts game, they had no offense. And yet the defense kept giving them the ball back with the chance to do it. I know they gave up that touchdown late, but that doesn't matter. They held the Colts. If you had told me the Colts only scored 20, we're good here. Like it just seems like, specifically, Nick, what you're talking about. And I feel like, Kayla, I feel it's like anytime they need the defense this year, not every year, this year, the defense shows up. I'm not going to lie for a split second in the second quarter. I almost thought to myself, do I wish that Tannehill was in quarterback? And then I quickly in the second half Mm. said no. (laughs) Like Malik Wills had like one really big run that he should have been tackled for like a two yard gain and it went for like 50. And we're all like, oh, no, this might add a whole nother dimension. Then we're like, no, he's just he's not going to throw the football. And I actually kind of like, you know what, Uh, Nick, you talked about Spags making adjustments. He's been really good about making second half adjustments. But in particular, it was like they knew they could only run it. And the Chiefs started running like. 1984 defense, they had like. 11 guys in the box. They're like, good luck, man. I I don't really, I don't know who the hell you're throwing to back there. And if you can hit him on a route, kudos. Uh, You know, like, that's all I got for you. Because we're not going to take you serious as an offense, which is essentially what the entire second half of Spag's plan was. Well, while there is high praise for the defense, the offense was another story. Mahomes, though, took this game over down the stretch. Um Quick stats here, guys. Drew Bledsoe holds the record for a single pass attempts in one game at 70. Well, Mahomes is now in second place after tonight at 68. He was 43 of 68 for 446 yards. One touchdown, put up another 63 on the ground with six carries, thus becoming the first player in NFL history with 400 passing yards, 60 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown in a game. What was that final score? I'm done that up here. (laughs) Something isn't right. Yes. 2017. Hmm. Nick, you got any guesses? Uh, Where did all that play I'm, go? I'm, I'm stumped at the, like, this is the Baltimore playoff game from a couple years ago where Lamar Jackson had 550 yards by himself. And you're like, wait, you lost that game? What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, isn't that kind of how the offense feels? Today? They won. So I guess feel good about it. But like, aren't you a little perplexed at those being the final numbers for Patrick Mahomes, who is probably now going to move closer to Josh Allen as the MVP favorite? You're like, you only scored 20. I'm telling you, the most like 68 is a, a big number. Here's a bigger number 91, because that's how many plays the Chiefs ran tonight. That's so Ooh. many. So 68 divided by 91 means that's all the Chiefs had going for them was giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes. They abandoned the run in the second half of that game. So wait, no, second half, Nick, they I don't think it ever started. They ran the ball six <laughs> times in the first half, they abandoned it before kickoff. Lot that's a lot for Andy Reid. Six is a respectable <laughs> number in an Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. 
listen, I think the like the final numbers, if you look at the raw stats and you say, okay, wow, Mahomes had over you know 440 passing yards, he threw it 68 times, the Chiefs had almost 500 yards of offense. They're all really impressive numbers. But then you yeah, like you said, go you you try to figure out well, how did you get there? Well, you committed a ton of penalties that negated big plays. You had a kicker make us an extra point and a field goal. So it's it's kind of easy once you look at that and you say, oh, well, they weren't picking up chunk yards. Like this was not, I don't you can say what we want about Mahomes. He took the game over down the stretch, and you would take that all day over an impressive stat line and a loss. But this was not an impressive performance by the Chiefs offense. I don't care what the final numbers say. And we can look at the individual performances and say, okay, Juju made some big plays. Kelsey made some big plays. Kelsey also like had a few costly mistakes in mm-hmm. that game, which again would get you to a, a, a bigger margin of victory had they not happened. But that's how you get to those ridiculous historic numbers. Like I don't, I don't want Patrick Mahomes setting the record for pass attempts in a game. I'm I'm totally comfortable with Drew Bledsoe holding that record or letting you know somebody let Josh Allen break it. I don't care. I don't want my quarterback because usually if you have to throw the ball 68 times, it's not going to be in a winning effort, which is why it just sort of speaks to the absurdity of this entire game. Well, I, so the mistakes is really the simple answer. You know, they dropped six passes. That's the most for any team in any game this year, any team, not just the chiefs. It's the most the chiefs have had since 2009. So, I mean that, that in its own right is uncommon. The very simple reality for how did you get this many yards in a 20 point effort is the offensive line stunk. They stunk. Yes. They got beat like a drum over and over again. Hell, it was Patrick Mahomes legs that won them this game in the end, because on third and 17, after they had gotten yet another sack allowed after a different holding penalty earlier in the drive that had stalled them, Mahomes himself ran for 17 yards, got them the first down and eventually got them the win. That that's it. That's really what this boils down to. Nick, it's weird because like I don't fully feel the way you do. Like this is not an impressive effort from the offense because in its weird right, this game is another reminder for why I think this offense works. Even works without Tyreek, even works in its own right, whatever those things are. Because here's the thing. Juju is a really reliable receiver. He made some great catches, especially on third down. Kelsey did drop some balls, but he was open. And he made an absolutely incredible back shoulder catch on the most important drive of the game when they go down and score the touchdown. That also exists, right? So, like, and Mahomes still did some, like, Mahomes things, man, that he has no right doing. That, like, I know that uh, the, the Noah Gray catch looks incredible because he bobbles it. Mahomes hit him in the damn hands after making three guys miss, cutting back to the inside on a play. He has no business doing it. So all the things that like work in the offense were there. Mahomes is doing incredible things. Um, he's finding Kelsey. He's finding Juju Smith-Schuster. The things you want out of a functional offense. They just simply couldn't overcome, for a chunk of this game, mountainous mistakes. Tons of penalties on special teams. So they were constantly going big, long drives down the field. Constant drops. Constant holding calls. And yet still they won. Like, I, I know that sounds stupid, but they had just enough offense in what was a miserable mistake riddled day to still score a touchdown and get the two point and get the field goal. And I don't know, have the have the balls to go for that fourth and one, even though it still led to a field goal. I, I wanted to bring that up. 
I couldn't oh. believe they went for that, Kayla. Were we losing our minds to put it in Clyde's hands? Like what? It was so the fourth and the fourth and inches with Clyde. I just I was like, oh my god, will you please just QB sneak? Oh, guys, please, just once. I know you don't want to do it, but that's the right call. But then to go for it in fourth and one at the end of overtime. Yes. And, and they threw it to Juju, thankfully, and he caught it and they converted it. But uh, Nick, you've we've done rated together now over a year. How often would you say that I'm team kick instead of just go for it? Never. No, you Maybe. think you're smarter than all coaches. So whatever. <laughs> that's I not it. it. I think you're just contrarian. I think you will just argue with whatever the coaches are doing. I think 90% of the time, I just think, go for it. Go for it. Fuck it. It's fourth and two. Come on. You can do it. And on that one, I'm like, you know what? I think I'd probably just kick a field goal. <laughs> it was because I'd watched the Titans offense long enough. I'm like, eh, I think I'd probably just take those three points. And they went for it and converted. And no, it didn't end up mattering because they kicked the field goal anyway. But that was a shocking number. I, I know that sounds silly, but like Mahomes is now on pace for 5,600 passing yards. This is not an inconsequential amount of games for through the season. We're halfway through. This is eight games of 17. And he's on pace for 5,600 yards passing. Like the offense still had things that worked tonight. They just made a, I don't know, a mountain of mistakes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To your point, Cody, why do we think this offense continues to struggle against Tennessee specifically? Uh, You know what, Um, Nick, I guess I'll be kind of interested to know what your answer is, too. I think one thing is I go back to Vrabel, the thing I just pointed at. I think there's a very simple thing that the Titans do better than about any other team in the NFL, and that is punch the Chiefs in the mouth. They, from the very first reception, tried to get into a scuffle with Kelsey. They beat him up all night. I mean, they took extra shots. They held. They did what they held on the two point conversion. It was a blatant hold. They um, they are physical. They are better at the line of scrimmage, offense and defense and have been for years against Kansas City. I assume it's just that. What other explanation am I supposed to have? Vrabel's really smart and knows how to frustrate them. And I think that they are better at throwing Kansas City off their game by just beating them up. I think I think there's some of that to it. Like I think that aggressive style of play, uh, trying to dictate the tempo of the game, it can work. I think Mike Vrabel is an incredible coach. Um, if I were starting, I'll tell you this: if I were starting a team right now, right fantasy draft the entire NFL, Vrabel might be the first coach I would take. The first, if I'm starting a team from scratch, that's a guy I want running my organization. Like if 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 the Titans bottomed out tomorrow and they had to hit the reset button and start over from scratch. That's the type of coach I would want because they get the most out of whatever they have. Even though, that, I mean, think about the talent discrepancy at quarterback tonight. It was massive. Just the overall offensive talent yeah. discrepancy. A humongous advantage for the Chiefs. And somehow Vrabel was able to mask that with what they did. Now, I think part of it is, I mean, we can go back to last year. Titans didn't blitz tonight. So they rush for drop everybody back in coverage and they dare the chiefs wide receivers to get separation. And guess what? They didn't. 
even at the end of the game, they didn't. I mean, it was it was Juju and Kelsey, and nobody else could get open downfield. Nobody. That's why Mahomes continued. I mean, how many times? And it's kind of hard to tell on TV, right? Because all you can see is Mahomes in the pocket. You can't really see what's going on downfield. But how many times did he have ample time to survey the field and still had to end up keeping it? It's because he was looking downfield and there was no separation. So maybe that's a different conversation about if these Chiefs wide receivers got exposed a little bit for not being able to to create separation on their own. But they just did the old blueprint that we saw last year. Saw the Bengals do it. We saw the Bills do it which is rush for, drop everybody back into coverage. And not every team can get away with it. You have to have good defensive personnel, which the Titans do. They're top 10 in the NFL in scoring defense, so they can get away with it. But it's just kind of the old blueprint. They dusted it off from last year and said, you know what? We know the Chiefs offense has changed a little bit, but we're going to bet on history. We're going to bet that Mahomes, primetime, Andy Reid, week off. They're going to want to push the ball down the field. The Chiefs did, and that's why I think they they looked pretty sluggish there for three and a half quarters. Nick, it's not that they didn't blitz, like, like not just like, oh, they didn't blitz much. They blitzed zero times in the first half. Something else I want to bring up. The Chiefs running game, a concern. We kind of touched on it already, but what is going on? What is the answer? How do we fix this? Yeah, I mean, that kind of is is goes in with with what the Chiefs weren't able to do with their passing attack, which is even when Titans are giving you opportunities to run the ball, Chiefs couldn't do it. And again, I don't want to blame this on scheme. I don't want to blame this on Andy Reid being impatient. I don't want to blame this on the offensive line. We've had this conversation a handful of times. There will be once every three games where a Chiefs or the Chiefs will scheme their running backs into situations that they can take advantage of and, and put up consistent yardage. But I, you know what? I'm I'm ending a lot of conversations. I ended this bags narrative earlier. I'm ending the 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 idea that this uh, running attack is not going to be one of the worst in the NFL. There will be opportunities simply because it is the most advantageous spot to be a Chiefs running back. No team is respecting you. Nobody is scheming to stop you. But it doesn't matter. They cannot find anything on the ground, especially in obvious run situations. Right in first and 10, in second and five. That's the opportunity for you to pick up easy yardage and not make your quarterback do everything. Even in those situations, Chiefs running backs can't produce. It's not even really worth looking at the individual numbers or the individual snap counts. Jerick McKinnon played way more than all the other Chiefs running backs because they abandoned the run. And they said, we're going to pass on every down and he's our third down back. So Pacheco and, and Clyde really didn't even see the field late in the game, except for, you know, individual circumstances, but it's, this is who they are. Like, this is who they're going to be. This is not going to be a team that's ever going to be able to rely on, on the steady run game. And that is so reminiscent of what we've seen from Mahomes when nobody's open downfield, I can't hand the ball off. So I'm going to have to be the third option basically in this team's offense. I mean, there, there are worse um, strategies, weirdly enough, because this is now, Mahomes has won five straight games in which he's trailed at halftime. Uh, he's done that twice in his career. The only other quarterback to do that twice in their entire career was Peyton Manning. So, I mean, just saying we're going to rely on Mahomes to win. It, it honestly, it sounds it's it's not the worst strategy. The problem is is that I would love to blame the running backs, but I don't I don't think that's where the problem is, man. I I really think tonight was about they abandoned it. They, in the few moments where they were choosing what you were saying, Nick, were advantageous spots to run. 
they were few and far between, then it's like, hey, I gave you the ball five times. Why didn't you run it for 70 yards one of those times? You're like, well, that's not my fault. You only gave it to me five times. I had no chance. I didn't. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you do like that, when you look at the raw numbers, sometimes like after the game, you can say, wow, they, they should have given them more of a chance. And you're doing it in obvious run situations, and then you're not picking up positive yardage. So then you're yeah. finding yourself in second and eight or third and ten. Why give him another as, chance? As a play caller, I'm saying we're behind the eight ball every single time I, I hand it off. And then you get into the flow of the game, and that happens three or four drives in a row, and you're saying, oh, this is why we can't pick up first downs because we're wasting plays on these running backs. I, underst- I, I understand it in the, in the moment of a, of a play caller saying, screw this. I'm not doing this anymore. And look, Andy's been guilty of that in the past. That's why we kind of talk about it. Pacheco had five carries, five yards. Clyde was somehow uh, slightly better. Four carries for five yards. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, the same. Three carries for four yards. And Burton didn't convert that first down that eventually they gave to Clyde. Their leading rusher, by a mile, obviously, was Mahomes. Six (laughs) carries and 63 yards. Because that's the one part of their run game that does still work. Um. He can run. He can run. His legs are better than other people. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen. Hell, he might not even be Malik Willis, who he played against tonight. But he is one of the most elusive runners in all of football. And that seems like it should also help the backs that are not good at it. You know, some of it is, Nick, some of it is honestly the talent. I don't think that they have some superstar running back. I think if they did, you would see more production. I certainly think if you just flip-flopped, Clyde Edwards Alaire with one of the better backs in the NFL. Um, it doesn't really matter if you just want to flip sides and say Derrick Henry, fine. But I don't think that they're a great run design team. I think Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in NFL history. I think he's one of the greatest offensive minds in NFL history. I think he is one of the greatest NFL minds when it comes to designing passes. I think there are, there are 10 coaches probably better at run scheme than him in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan, McVay, Mike McDaniel. Those are three just off the top before we really start to dig in. I think some people are just better. And so he gives up sooner. And honestly, there's never been a better time to give up because of Mahomes. I'd give up on the run all the time, too, if I had him. <laughs> I just would. I, I would watch him make some freak throw where he dodged nine defenders and threaded some needle. And I'd be like, eh, do I really need running backs? I'm probably fine. I mean, you do. Here's the thing. You do need them and you need to have a balanced attack. You need to be able to be multiple and keep defenses guessing. Otherwise you're going to run into more games like this. Like it's really fun when you win games like this and you have this heroic effort from your quarterback. And we get to sort of laugh about the fact that he had 68 passes. We get to laugh about the fact that he took over the game with his legs, but in order to avoid those situations, you need to get in positions where the defense doesn't just have to employ one strategy the entire game. Uh, we could have said that about both teams. Like we're essentially describing <laughs> yeah, we both teams' care, problems. We don't tonight. care about the Titans because we don't take them seriously. We're not talking yeah. about the Bills. Yeah. We don't take no. the Titans seriously as an AFC contender, right? Look, it's been a Bills problem today. That was a problem for the Bills too. Like just so you know, like the Chiefs took a mat. Like I thought they were going to lose this game tonight at one point. Um, certainly Damn. when it was like, especially after they punted, they got the ball back for the nine hundredth time and they punted and they were down seventeen nine. I'm like, okay, well. That's not great. But they took a massive advantage today. Bills lost a game very similar that the Chiefs lost today. Bills were in some ugly drag out where they couldn't run the ball because they're not good at running the ball. Some of the Chiefs aren't. 
And when they can run the ball, it happens to be with their quarterback, which is what happened to the Chiefs tonight. But the difference is one team won and one team didn't. Chiefs managed to get their win tonight. The Bills didn't. Now, the Chiefs lost their ugly game earlier in the season to the Colts, so whatever. But now we're back to square one. Nick, I don't disagree. I mean, to me, in the first half in particular, they have to pretend like they want to run the ball. Like, and that's the whole thing, like where you're saying, hey, when it's not working and it's second and eight, sometimes as much as I don't love second and eight runs, you got to do it sometimes. Like you got to you got to at least pretend like this is something you want to do. But Mahomes legs and his running ability, I'm going to come back to that if they end up with the number one seed, because this will be the game that got it for him because they could have lost it. They had plenty of opportunities to lose it. The Bills lost on the same day. If we come back around to it, the thing I'm going to always stand on is that despite the fact their run game was totally lost, right, for a majority of the game, at least they've got Mahomes' legs to be a part of it. Exactly, because I was going to ask you guys, especially in that second quarter, watching what Derrick Henry is capable of, I was so envious. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that's supposed to look like. Oh, yeah, you are supposed to break through and pick up 30 yards and make it look easy and although he's a freak I he's mean, a do freak we, do we realize how he's big a truck he is? he's 6'3 250 pounds and he runs a 4440 that's not fair no human should be that size and run that fast that's 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 terminator that that's a <laughs> robot designed to kill us in the future not an actual <laughs> human being can you imagine if Derrick Henry were on the Chiefs and how frustrated we would be all the time when he finished a game with like eight carries for <laughs> yards? Like, man, they should use this guy more. <laughs> he looks like he could really do it. I don't know, guys. Yeah, that's why every time somebody's like, well, can you imagine insert running back in the Chiefs offense? Can you imagine if the Chiefs would have drafted Jonathan Taylor? Like, no, I can't. And I don't want to because we would, we, they wouldn't use him properly. Andy would forget about him midway through the second quarter every other hey, week. Hey, Saquon's set to be a free agent. Maybe we can witness that in real life, Nick. Maybe you want to do a hypothetical. They'll sign Saquon in the offseason. You could be like, they should try to use that Saquon Barkley guy. And you're like, nah, just for, the, just, for the record, eight times. just for the record, Saquon Barkley, either from the Giants or from somebody else, is going to get a massive deal, right? He's going to get a humongous contract extension. I just want to let it be known that I'm... 100% on board with the Chiefs being that team. I don't care. Are you really? I don't care. I don't give a shit. He is, he is maybe a <laughs> player in football to watch. And outside of the quarterback position, he's probably top two. He's fun. I don't care. Give him all the money. Lever, you know, Just completely leverage your franchise with a uh, running back with injury concerns. I don't give a shit. He's awesome. I'm all aboard. <laughs> just mark this, mark this for the offseason episode. When, uh, <laughs> to, um, Barkley. Okay. Well, why does everything have to be backed up with statistics and numbers? Why can't we just go off feeling sometimes? That's why I still want Odell here. Screw the rest of this. I don't care if it's a bidding war. Just sign him. It'll be fun. Uh, I would say that today's game gives you more ammunition for the idea that the Chiefs need Odell Beckham Jr. You know, he can do separate or make contested catches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although, in fairness, Juju made one of those and so did Noah Gray. So Noah, Gray. So Noah Gray is the reason why we don't need Odell Beckham. You know, what's, you know what's weird? This was Noah Gray's best game of his career. This is as good as we've ever seen Noah Gray. All it took, all it took was Jody Fortson being injured, man. <laughs> all comes back to Jody Fortson. Always. <laughs>
All right, we are going to move on. Um, guys, this is the third time this season the Chiefs pass, pass rush has sealed the game. We saw it in the Chargers game, 49ers, and then tonight against the Titans. What do we want to say about this? Um, I mean, it, it's it's objectively good, obviously. I Okay, I want to just applaud him. For this game, I will. Colin Saunders has done a quietly, a really good job since Turk Wharton's been down. This was a guy who I thought was going to get cut in training camp, especially after they signed Danny Sheldon, held on to his job. Kudos. Dunlap, consistent pressure. Uh, Chris Jones, again, a monster, right? Mm -hmm. Consistent pressure in the backfield, lived in it all day long. I'm still got some concerns about Karloftis, but we we can get back to where he's he's been much quieter here lately. But can you can you just do this? Um, you don't have to be like this great all the time. You could just be pretty good all the time, and that would be fine with me. I think like I come out of this game and I like they deserve a lot of credit. They they were great in this game. They got a lot of pressure in this game. But I keep finding myself asking, like, can you do this consistently? Because there's times when they don't exist as a defensive line at all. And there's times when they look like this. And you're like, where is the middle ground game? And right now, I don't know that that exists. Not even a middle ground game, because I don't think you would have said for four quarters the Chiefs pass rush was constantly yeah, applying pressure on Malik Willis. This is the third time this year where the Chiefs pass rush has closed out a win. They did it versus the Chargers with when Chris Jones had that sack near the goal line when the Chargers were backed up late in the game. Uh, Frank Clark got the safety against the Niners. And then back-to-back sacks tonight. And I get it. Again, Malik Willis, right? Didn't have a ton of spatial awareness there. His eyes were pretty big <laughs> on that last yeah. track of the game. But you did what you had to do. You did what you had to do. You don't apologize that the other team's quarterback sucks. You closed out the game when you needed to. And yeah, I would love to see this pass rush there for, for four quarters. But like honestly, do you really think that they're capable of that? Because I don't. I feel like this is... Uh, this is a unit that I'm not saying that they saved themselves for the fourth quarters. Honestly, though, that wouldn't be the worst idea if Spags was like, hey, just go 70% for the first three because I'm really going to need you to go hard in the fourth. Like, I don't think anybody's <laughs> actually doing that, but internally, if they do it one more time, I'm going to start to have questions. It's nice that it shows up at any point of the game, but the Dunlap signing is the thing that, like, to me, the, like my, my big takeaway from the defensive line tonight was, good God, where would they be without that signing? They, you know, like they let they let Ingram walk and it's like, oh, and up until training camp, Nick, I'm sure you can attest to this because this podcast didn't start until right around week one of the NFL season. But I spent a good chunk of the offseason saying there is absolutely no reason at all to take this defensive line serious. They're a joke. They're going to be bad. They're going to be one of the worst in the NFL unless they choose to do something different than what they're doing now. And truthfully. They just didn't do that thing until they signed Dunlap right close towards the beginning of the season. If they didn't have a guy like that, I'd be feeling a lot different about it. But this was an encouraging one. Like, I know it's late and it's against Malik Willis, but they could have had three more sacks in that game. They had their hands on him a lot. I just, I don't I, you know, I just want consistency, which I'm obviously not going to get with this defensive line and I should probably stop asking for it. But they came through tonight when we needed them to. So, lots of them tonight. What a stupid game. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just get back to that. I what feel a, like our mood reflects that. We're like, what? it was good. a win, but it kind of felt like a loss. I don't know. Look, 
I'm thrilled it's a win. They needed yes, that win. Yes, the Bills same. lost all that. Like there we was like it. if they lose to the Titans, they're behind them too, and still behind the Bills. There was a me- million reasons why if they lose this game, but it's just dumb. Right before, I mean, literally, I was, I was, I was at the game. I was sitting there, and right before it started, I decided to fire off one tweet, despite the fact I'd been quiet. And it was very simple. It was the the Chiefs should clearly destroy this bad Titans team. Please enjoy your 21 to 17 win because that's how every game against the Titans goes. You're it's close. either a loss or a win. And that's exactly how it ends. They're all hideous. I was afraid to celebrate the bills losing or just being like overly, <laughs> yeah. you know, braggy about it on social media. Cause I'm like, wait, we still have a game against the Titans tonight. So I'm not going to get too confident and look stupid later. I, I just, yeah. I, you, it's, Boy, I, I did not. Uh, that would have been good advice. Um, while briefly <laughs> considering not gloating against the Bills, I didn't. I did gloat. I then asked Vinny Pasquantino if he would come on with us Monday, even though he's going to Italy tomorrow. He's a Royals player who does NFL insider stuff for us because he's a big Jets fan. So, like, you know, I, I could have chosen the quieter, less angry path, but I didn't. I instead chose to, I, I chose violence. Um, and almost paid for that. But there's a huge difference between those. And I don't know. I always just kind of come back to the, the the same thing about this game or any other that the Chiefs win. I, you shouldn't apologize for wins. Not in the NFL specifically. And here's a bigger picture thing that maybe we can get into later in the week. Anyone else notice how many just truly awful, hideous to watch NFL football games there are this year between every team? I mean, every team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the, the Chiefs are not alone. They're not isolated in this. There are a lot of really dumb, bad games. The Chiefs played in one of those tonight. And they won. So they're six and two. They have the they have the best record in the AFC alongside the Bills. I'm good. Kayla, like I can I can go to bed, sleep okay, knowing that at least. Yes, we can go to dreams or go to bed with uh happy dreams tonight coming out of that with a win. I'm also we'll, glad that we'll you got to it. watch the. I, I'm also glad you got to watch the game like normal versus you and me both, Cody. Wow, <laughs> really takes a lot of stress off. I mean, these games have been stressful anyway, and then adding on not being able to watch for more than four minutes at a time really takes it out of you. But I feel exhausted after tonight. Luckily, I didn't have to fight the uh, streaming services. But yeah, for for reference, we're recording this after the game. This is genuine live reaction right after the game, which means we got to stay up late. Although, in fairness, Kayla. You are in L.A., so you don't get nearly the bad this. You could still, like, eat a snack or, like, catch a movie <laughs> or something. Your, your night's just beginning. It's only, you know, like, nobody really knows for reference, but if you're still listening to the end of the podcast, it's like 10 p.m. L.A. time. It's only midnight in Kansas City. True, it is. Because I had a bit of a late night last night, so I'm going to go to bed right after this. Late in what way? Let's let's get personal <laughs> here for the last couple of minutes of the, of the episode. Late, late in what way? Like we'll see. We gained an hour. Cocktails. Maybe that. Yes. Had a Kings game. Met up with some friends after. Um, took advantage of that daylight saving. Took advantage of the extra hour. Probably okay. shouldn't have. Right, because look, now so, we're regretting it. So as much as I want to spend the last two minutes of the show talking about what a good win this is for the Chiefs, let me tell you a little something about why why your comment hurts, Kayla. Daylight savings time oh. for parents is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> it's, I knew this was coming. It's a goddamn racket. My kids got up at 5:30 this morning asking for food and stuff. They just don't care. 
I was like, but it's only 5.30. Doesn't mean anything to them. They're just like, don't care. I'm hungry. It's morning time. Let's do stuff. And I'm like, I, 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 it's 7.30 this morning. So supposed to be, I guess in their mind, it's 8.30. We're asking to play, you know, whatever kind of nonsense. It's just, oh God, it's just. I feel for you, just, I do. Ah, just there was, and I, you know what? I didn't have as long a night as you, but you know, I also had some cocktails on a Saturday night as one does <laughs> just have regrets. I can't wait to have kids, but my biggest fear about having children is the sleep situation. I used to it. love to sleep mm. specifically in the morning, not too late, but definitely not up by like 6am. Uh, my kids, uh, I was never much of a, like I, I was a night owl, but I could always get up early. Um, unfortunately, I probably should. I think if we just sleep in from the beginning, Kayla, your kids will kind of too get used to that. I didn't, I, you know, got up for jobs or whatever. So you just kind of get screwed. So no matter the fact that we're recording this at midnight, my kids will be up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Once again, not knowing that daylight savings time matters. Bless all the parents out there. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we wrap? No, I feel good. I feel, feel good. good about, I feel good about the, the Chiefs. Wins a win's a win's a win. Look, there's a there are plenty of things to nitpick if we want to be negative about it, and 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 fairly so. Probably as the week goes on, they beat a team who beats them a lot. Andy Reid was two and six against this team. Now three and six, and I'll take it. I, I don't know that it you you want to feel great coming out of it, but I'll take it. We will take that win, folks. That is Nick Schwartz. He is Cody Tap. I'm Kayla Canaram. This is it's always game day in Kansas City. Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back with you all on Wednesday. Wednesday.